0: This episode is brought to you by TriStar Trust Bank.
1: The biggest revelation for me is that it's important, I think, not just for me, but for all of us as artists to give ourselves permission to play um, in our practice. Because I, I think, at least for me, I, I often get wrapped up in, well, how is this relevant to the ongoing narrative of art history or art or art critical theory? Um, how does it play into that larger scope versus, you know, am I just happy you know,
0: making. Welcome to the Saginaw Art Museum podcast, COVID-19 pandemic is altering the usual routines of people around the globe and around the block. As practices of social distancing and self quarantine are implemented, artists are finding new ways to adapt to the changing landscape. In this series, Art at Home, we have conversation with artists and creative minded individuals to understand the way these unusual times are impacting lives. Andrew Reeder is making new discoveries about how he can make art during this extended time at home. Finding some inspiration from his two-and-a-half-year-old daughter's exploration of art materials, Reeder himself is starting to loosen his normal, well-designed and planned-out process. We discuss this and the power of being physically present to view a piece of art. This interview was recorded June 4th, 2020. Well, today we have Andrew Reeder uh, with us today on the podcast, and Andrew is an associate professor at Delta College here in Saginaw. And uh, Andrew, I am a little curious um, about how things are going with your own artwork uh, during this unusual time. Um, Maybe you can describe a little bit of what uh, kind of art you generally make, and maybe um, we'll take it from there.
1: Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me uh, today. Um, it's it's uh, great to talk with you uh, about this subject. Um, my own work tends to be uh, it tends to have kind of a uh, social political take on it, or that tends to be the content. Uh, I go back and forth on how much I want to really emphasize that content or how much I want to reveal that to the viewer. Uh, it tends to be a mix of figurative and represent uh, of figurative and abstraction. Um, and I tend to use, it tends to be mixed media. I like to use uh, a lot of different tools, a lot of different, uh, medium. I, a lot of, uh, spray paint. I typically what I've been doing for a long time is combining uh spray paint and oil paint. That's what I uh, used for the mural at the Saginaw art museum. That's been a favorite combination of mine. Um, I've been moving more towards, uh, Water-based media, including spray paint. I've, I've been working with an acrylic-based uh, spray paint more uh, for both uh, my own uh, my own health and also um, just in terms of the versatility of uh, water-based media.
0: And um, as uh, an instructor there at Delta, do you have space there that you've been using to make your art, or uh, have you been uh, making art in other other places? Um, prior to I have, the pandemic, I have a
1: studio at home, um, we have a detached garage that is heated. So that makes that handy in the, in the wintertime it has running water. Uh, so both my wife and I have used that as a studio space. Um, and it's nice that it's detached because even though, um, when we don't necessarily leave home to go work in the studio, we do have to leave the house. So that kind of creates a nice separation between, uh, workspace and living space. Um, so typically, that's where I do um, most of my work. Occasionally, there's been times where I have used uh, the space at Delta uh, to either work—not necessarily work on my own stuff—but if I start a demo for a class, I, I can't just start it and not finish it. I have to, I have to finish the piece. Um, so I've, I've used uh, the space at Delta uh, in that regard.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, the separation between your studio space and your, your home space. Have those lines blurred a little bit, um, since, uh, the shutdown orders have been implemented? Um, you know, we hear about people working from home in different ways, uh, during this time. How has that, how has that changed for you or has it changed for you?
1: It has, I'd say the biggest shift, uh, for both my wife and I, and this, uh, we are, um, parents of a two and a half year old little girl. Um, so when she was born, that definitely changed our artistic practice in general. Um, but, and then when she be in her toddlerhood and she became more mobile, uh, that also changed things. But, um, I'd say since the start of the pandemic and we have been, Really full time uh, with her, and kind of finding time to do our own jobs from home in between uh, taking care of her and kind of trading off of between duties. That's put the limit on the studio time for sure. Um, I'd say uh, probably the most I probably do more practice of uh, doing watercolor paints and crayons alongside with my daughter than I do necessarily on my own uh, my own pieces. But that has been fun too.
0: Yeah. That, uh, collaboration with, uh, the youngest of artists, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, does your, does your, um, daughter, uh, spend time in your studio spaces as well? Is there sort of a, a mutual relationship or is like that off limits?
1: Um, I, I think I tried to keep it off limits for a while. Um, but that ended up being kind of a futile effort, uh, because she sees us going in there and she wants to know what's in there. And then, when she enters into that space, this other, basically this other structure, it's this you know whole magical place of new discoveries and what are these tools and what is all this you know material and these images and creations you know scattered all about. Um, so it's it's a limited time that she's allowed to go in there. At some point, we would like to create a workspace for her in there, um, but she definitely loves to go in there and discover yeah. and explore. Well,
0: that's a that's a wonderful thing that uh, she has. Or that, that opportunity to explore art from a, a very young age. Yeah. Right. Um, tell me a little bit more or describe, um, have you found that uh, the art that you're making is a, a little different now than perhaps when we started, or are there some projects that you had started previously that you've just sort of continued to be able to work on um, during this
1: time? Um, so I, for the most part, that my ideas haven't changed so much. Um, in terms, but in terms of my schedule, that has changed. And so I've really had to try to capitalize on, you know, a single hour or a couple hours here and there versus say a, a larger, um, a larger chunk of time. Um, something I'd say, you know, in kind of relation to the biggest revelation I've had since uh, this started. And actually it, it relates to, you know, kind of collaborating with my daughter. I noticed when I kind of let go, because I have to, and just let myself play along with her, with the media, with whether it be with watercolor paints or crayons or whatever, Um, there's a lot of kind of serendipitous discoveries that I make, or there's a certain quality to the work that comes out that I haven't seen before or haven't seen in a long time. So it's, I'd say that's been the biggest revelation for me is that it's important I think not just for me, but for all of us as artists to give ourselves permission to play um, in, in our practice. Because I, I think, at least for me, I, I often get wrapped up in, well, how is this relevant to the ongoing narrative of art history or art or art critical theory? Um, how does it play into that larger scope versus, you know, am I just happy, you know, making what, what I'm making right now? Am I happy in this process and content in this process right now? I um, almost kind of trying to see it through uh the scope of my daughter's eyes, yeah if that makes any sense
0: yeah i th- I think it does I think it it you know there's a it sounds like there's a little bit of the relaxing of what's become normal um and that gives you some some more freedom to, to try things uh, you know because you doing the rest of life is a little bit unusual right now. And it seems like uh, your art, your art (laughs) seems to follow. Um, can you, can you, uh, elaborate on that a little bit more, maybe give an example of uh, a time where that's happened?
1: Um, well, I I think just, um, and and a lot of times when she will be sitting and, you know, she'll say, "I, I have to paint and I can totally relate to that. Um, I just, I just have to paint. So she wants to sit down and paint and then she'll say, do you want to paint? I said, sure. Yeah, I'll sit down. I'll paint. And then she'll hand me a brush and I'll start painting alongside her. And I'm just kind of going in a more, um, intuitive stream of consciousness type of describing where I have no idea, uh, in mind ahead of time where that's not, uh, typical for me. Um, so to be kind of just, uh, impromptu, uh, type of, um, uh, just, you know, almost like a performative process and kind of just going with the flow, uh, um, just kind of letting the process guide me. Uh, and it may, it's not quite abstract expressionism, but kind of lends itself more to that, uh, than what I normally do. I usually have something, uh, much more designed and planned out before I even begin. Um, so that's a, a much more freeing, um, experience, uh, to, to, you know, kind of explore that. Um, and then it just gives me a kind of revelation about what I, how I typically approach my work. And is that not to say, give it like a value judgment of right or wrong, but is it necessary to always begin that way? Yeah. Just kind of, kind of questioning the process that I, that I have in place.
0: Right. Almost as though, you know, the, the, the process is part of the results and is the process, how does the process change the, the, the result? Right, Yeah. right. Yeah, my, my own kids, uh, you know, sort of along that same lines, it's, uh, sometimes I wonder, like, why why are you coloring this green? Like, why did you pick green as your color? Just, uh, you know, and, and who knows what goes on in the mind of the child sometimes, but uh, it sounds right. like a, a pretty right. interesting, interesting thing that uh, uh, you have going there. Tell me a, a little bit more about what you're hopeful for moving forward, we're entering a time, uh, where there's a relaxation of a lot of the restrictions that have been in place. Um, is there, uh, some things that you, um, are really missing right now in your art life, uh, that you, you want to, um, participate in that you haven't been able to do?
1: Um, something that I, I would say, if there's anything that I have missed or I've been concerned about, uh, for for experience as an artist is to um, actually be in the physical presence of other artists' work. Um, I think you know th- th- there's obviously lots of opportunities uh, with um, with virtual exhibitions and you know and in terms of you know, sharing through social media and, and online exhibitions. I know a lot of museums. Are, you know, m- making, you know, great strides and great efforts to make their collections accessible online, which, you know, is, is no small thing. Um, but it's something that even with my own students, I've uh, made a point to make trips to, uh, the Saginaw Art Museum with my, uh, Delta classes to the, uh, to the Flint Institute. And, and a big part of that, uh, and I preface each of the trips with this, it's, it's really important to see the physical object. To be in its presence because it's a different action than looking at a, an image in a, a art history textbook or looking at an image on a screen. It's just there's a different interaction, a completely different interaction that takes place. Um, so my hope is that we, um, we are able to main regain and maintain that, uh, that network of exhibitions and, and, uh, giving people the opportunity to experience work. Uh, in person
0: yeah I, I i hear what you're saying uh, in that respect um you know in my position here a lot of times i'm designing flyers or uh, posters for upcoming exhibitions and i'll be looking at the digital images right. and then the and then the actual uh, piece will come in and it it'll be a, a a completely different experience in terms of understanding its size and um, uh, you know how how it fits onto a wall and being able to look at it maybe from a different angle than that you know straight on glowing screen um, so I, I hear you in that respect right. yeah. um you know with with sort of the the move of uh, things to that screen um, to that the digital environment do you feel like uh, some some of that has been a source of inspiration at all for what you're doing or what you're seeing other people do. Tell me a little bit more maybe about the role of creativity, uh, generally in having that access to, to visual images.
1: Um, I think it's, uh, something that I've kind of wondered about in terms of how it will progress, uh, and, and what, it, what it could lead to in terms of imagery and artwork being accessible digitally. Um, I've, I've kind of wondered about a greater, uh, democratization of, of the art world in terms of if everybody has the ability to say self-publish, um, without having to rely on, um, galleries or curators to make, uh, to make, to put their work out there for a view public. Uh, you know, how, how does that change the landscape of, of the art world or, or, or does it even kind of in a certain way create a whole nother, uh, entity outside the art world of, uh, of makers and creative minds that, uh, that just, ha- that just want to share their work with the public or with each other. Um, and how does that, you know, affect, uh, collaboration? Does it, you know, increase the prospect of collaboration and discovery and, and just overall, uh, inspiration we, that we can gain from each other?
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting to think of that sort of in the in the context of history and art history. How um, you know there seems to be this progression of barriers removed from people accessing art from you know when there was a time where you had to see things in person. I mean, uh, I'm still young enough to remember when the internet didn't didn't exist. And, um, you know, even going (laughs) back further to the impressionists, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the salons were, were the place where you had to see art. And now that's, that's progressively changed.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, Andrew, um, do you have any bits of recommendation, uh, or thoughts, um, about, uh, how, uh, our audience might continue to be inspired by art or continue to make art and be creative, uh, before I let you go here.
1: Um, I, I think, I guess my, what I, what I, the advice, if I could follow my own advice and maybe lend this to everybody is just, uh, you know, to be kind to yourself and to each other. And let's kind of give all, all of ourselves a bit of a break. This is, um, this is unprecedented what we're all going through, um, as just as a human, uh, as a human collective. Um, and, uh, so I, I think it's, it's important to, uh, I think for artists and creative minds to, you know, seek out, uh, your own practice as kind of, um, a refuge and almost like a soothing for the soul. Um, and those who are, uh, consumers of art, to, you know, really be encouraging to those who create and, um, and supportive of those, uh, you know, artists that you follow and, and uh, art as you possibly can through social media, uh, and through online formats.
0: Well, uh, thank you again. And, uh, will look forward to, uh, hopefully, uh, being able to see more of your work in person, uh, once we get through this and, uh, appreciate your, your perspective here today.
1: Well, thank you, Thor.
0: Thank you for listening to the Saginaw Art Museum podcast. You can stay connected with the museum through our website and social media channels. We invite you to become a subscriber of this podcast or become a monthly contributor to the show to help us carry out our mission of providing
1: art for all.